podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Blue Room. It is your instant match reaction for Everton 1, Fulham 3. Uh, no crowd noise today. I actually tried to get off early to get back in town to watch the Grand National. Missed the train by a minute and then my horse fell at the first fence. So it's been very much one of those days. Um, for Everton and all Evertonians everywhere. We've got Keith. Loads of horses pa- fell at the final fence, the first fence in, in that good game of Goodison. Didn't he did. He? Did anyone win anything on the national today, um, lads? No. Absolutely. I had I had um, that Mr. Coffee in the work sweep who was winning like literally the whole race and then got over the last fence and just stopped. So, you know. I, I did the uh, eight-year-old playing football outside this house equivalent with the work sweep because I set it up. So as soon as mine got pulled up, all bets were avoided halfway through the race. So I think that's just summarising your Saturday right there. I, I didn't bet on it because I think it's a load of crap. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I think, like, we, we pretend to care about it for, like, a couple of days every... We pretend to care about it for a couple of days every year, and come Monday, nobody will give a damn anymore about it. And just, I actually left the uh, game early to lash a blue flare on at the canal turn just to delay the race before, <laughs> um, I mean, we are still on here. Um, we've got to get into it. Uh, Keith, I'll, I'll come to you first, mate. I, I, I don't know if I'm ready yet to go into it, like... I was just saying to Mo's there, like there were so many bad things that happened in that game, but I just keep going back to the ten minutes after they went two one up, and it was it was up there with some of the worst, the worst effort by a football team I think I've, I've ever seen. Not just in terms of actually physically trying to get back into a game, but but in terms of shape and, and quality, obviously in inverted commas, and you now actually having an idea about what they're going to do. The, the, the manager bringing on Tom Davis, it was just like it was like everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, and. It feels like speaking to people outside the, the Denby Castle here and on the way back from the ground. That there's a lot of resignation around after that. I mean, how are you feeling? That's, I mean, that's what it was like around me. It's it's apathy, I think, at the moment. Like last season, when we were in this situation, there was anger, there was there was passion about it. People were upset and voicing their opinions, rightly so. Now everyone's just. There's no reaction, is there? Like, I mean, when they went three-one up, normally you'd expect Goodison to be horrible after that. There wasn't. There was. There was just nothing. It was. Uh, I think people have just come to terms with the fact that we are definitely going to struggle to get enough points to stay in this league at this stage. Um, well, you're not going to get the Goodison Road for six p.m. against Newcastle, home, are you? I think that that's what you're talking about in terms What's of welcome. Yeah, yeah in, in terms of the. The energy that anyone has for this anymore is just totally gone, isn't Absolutely. it? You know, as Keith said, you know, apathy is the word that just rings around your head at the moment, isn't it? Because the, I think as fans, we're, we're we're allowed to we're allowed to pack it in on 80 minutes when we see that our team isn't gonna isn't gonna be able to get back into it. That that's the fickle nature of the football fan, unfortunately. We're we're allowed to to throw our toys at the pram when it's not going well. I'm not sure the players are. And I think that that was that was the disappointing thing today. In that, as soon as it, I'm not even going to talk about three-one because obviously the game was finished at that point. But as soon as as they scored and went two-one ahead, with what I'd guess half an hour left in the game, there was no way in a million years that we were going to get back into that game. Uh, and you know, a, a lot of that is to do with the firepower and the lads up top. But I think the general energy and the attitude of the team was just. If you want to survive, you know, I've seen poorer, believe it or not, I've seen poorer teams than Everton put up a better fight and ultimately survive in this league. I don't think I've seen an Everton team of worse attacking options than this. 
No, I think I think that's fair in terms of in terms of the what is it an eighteen that you named today. That that's pretty much as bad as it gets for for Premier League Everton. Um, I, I still think we're we're one player away from being pretty competitive in in today's game and in the remainder of the games. But Not the one player being Calvert Lewin. Unfortunately, getting that that particular player fit is is you know seemingly beyond us at the moment and. I think mentally I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I, I talk about Everton as being including him or or without him. Uh, I think for, from my own sanity point of view, I like to try and pretend that he's not a thing just so I, I, I can pretend that we're not missing out on him. But, um, you know, Fulham today, Palace next weekend, they, they, they are games that are currently beyond these 11 lads unless Dominic Carvert-Lewin is part of the setup. And, you know, I, I, I'm beyond the optimism of thinking that he's anywhere close to being that at the moment you can't keep expecting fans to go to the well for you it actually has to at some point it actually has to be backed up by some substance on the pitch some actual tangible signs that this team is fighting is going in the right direction and bizarrely they look so far away from being an archetypal Sean Dyche team at the moment I just had a little look on the way back into town at Fulham shop map and he spent all the kind of all that coach's voice interview that he did that everyone's spoken about going on about protect the V it was was, was the absolute opposite of that they just kind of copped off chance after chance after chance my temptation is to say that the players aren't good enough and there's no combination there that can really make an impact but the book has also got to stop with the manager as well and I think we're talking there about clinging on to something I saw more attitude and more appetite from that Fulham side at 3-1 in the dying stages than from anybody in the Everton team and um, we, we talk a little bit about Tom Davis um, and him coming on as a substitute but what other options are there? The squad has been whittled down and eroded because of financial concerns to such a point now where they are at the bare bones and you can really see that today the full back options Ben Godfrey playing out of position Mikalenko who had another disappointing game. Beyond that, you're down to Ishe Samuel-Smith, who's a very talented, by the way, a very, very talented under-18, but an under-18 with no experience. The other options on the bench, Ellis Sims, Tom Davis, other teams in Everton's situation. Look at at Wolves' bench, look at the Wolves' bench that they brought on. And the players they were able to bring on at Goodison. On, uh, on Boxing Day Adama Traore for, for all his faults offers a bit of dynamism in the final they brought Raul Jimenez on that day as well Raul Jimenez yeah. even today you're looking at Mateus Nunes looking at Bobby Cordova-Reed today go God I wouldn't mind him Carlos Vinicius do a job they both genuinely would get into our side though weren't we like, you know, yeah. I think it was a few weeks ago Mo, we, you were coming back from the game and mm. Palace were on the late game and it was when they were struggling and we were going through their forward options going I think six or seven of those lads yeah. get into our team playing up front before before our first one, yeah. yeah. But how many of that Fulham team today get into Everton starting eleven? It's probably pretty high because yeah. you take Willian, you take Pereira. Midfield. Polini, you take Wilson, all of them. Reed, yeah. yeah. Harry Wilson, by the way, today was super at the back. The thing that annoyed me about watching Harry Wilson today is that whoever played on, on Fulham's right wing, it's you know <laughs> Paddy's mentioned that Vitaly Mikhailenko is obviously, you know, he, he is, you know, I'll go there. He's not a footballer. Uh, the, the problem at the moment is that all Evertonians know that as soon as you turn up to any game, and in particular with Goodison, 
their winger is going to hang out right, out wide on that right hand side and they're going to target him because he is weak and it, it happens there you know there's a fortuitous clearance that lands to a Fulham player in the middle of the park and they find Wilson and they they obviously do really well from that point on but you know, it, we are now getting to the stage where every single time an opposition team plays the ball out wide to the right hand side, you feel the fear. Um, you know, it, it obviously happened in, in that moment in the first half. It happened again multiple times in the second half as Fulham got a little bit more space to to counter against us. Um, he, he is simply not good enough, and he's not the only one. And we, you know, we could. Thank Godfrey today as well. Yeah, I, I, think, I think every fullback that took the pitch for Everton today was abysmal. Well, the, the goals um, and, and, and shambles, aren't they? And yeah. I think that the worst one for me was the third, because you've got two centre backs there tracking one single runner, yeah. and he's able right to turn. The, right he's able to turn the them both. I, I, I just think it, that that's an unacceptable goal to concede. That's, that's James Tarkovsky's worst game for Everton by a comfortable distance today. He was absolutely nowhere. And I think it was epitomised by that foul he made on halfway at 3-1. That was where, just before they scored the third. Oh, was it before the third? It, then after and it, he just, he just had a massive go at everybody else. Oh, he was, he was, it was an absolute disaster class from him today. Um, I'm not going to go in too heavy on him because he has been one of our better players this season, if that's a, a concept that our listeners can get on board <laughs> with. Um, I think my big issue today is the way he set that team up. Going 4-4-2 there just creates so much space in the middle of the park. And you saw it from about... So the first five minutes, Everton were on the front foot and started off quite brightly. And then after that, they didn't kick a ball until after Fulham had gone ahead. And they just they left so much space. And Fulham just passed it comfortably through the, through the phases, through the channels. And for all the high press you've got from Iwobi and Damari Gray and McNeil you can press them all you like but if they're passing the ball through big spaces yeah. into lads that are stood wanting the ball what can you do with that? I don't think the press was there at all I mean I was, I was watching Gray and Mope when they were actually playing as a two and there was just no intensity there was no yeah. pressure on the ball whatsoever and it made it so easy for Fulham to create those 3v2s that we saw yeah. last weekend against Manchester United. Everton were warned against Manchester United. Make no mistake, without Jordan Pickford, that's a 5 or 6 nil yeah, game. Yeah. So to persevere with that, albeit with slightly different personnel, it, I, I just found it bizarre. It, it kind of handed Fulham the initiative after 30 minutes, created this edginess around Goodison. In a game, Ever- the fans knew Everton kind of had to win this. It created this edginess. It got Fulham on the front foot. And I think Everton really struggled to, to arrest that and to, to pull it back in their favour. There's, like, there's probably a period after Iwobi comes inside from about 30 through to half-time and then from half-time through to Fulham score the second where Everton are in control of that game. Yeah. But what happens either side of it is just so far away even from a basic Premier League performance. Yeah. The, 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 we've already spoken about the goals, we've spoken about the lack of intensity. Although Onana has been up and down this season, I thought they missed him massively in there. There's no because there's no the going. <laughs> my, my big worry After is... Three, one down. Yeah. Yeah. When, we, yeah. when we got that corner in the seventh minute, I thought we all needed that real kick up the arse as fans. <laughs> but there was, there was no one to, to yeah. flail the arms in a Team America style to, to get, get us all on the edge of our seats. They just look weak to me. Yeah. They just look really, really weak. Do you know what, do you know what I think it fell apart today? I reckon... 
it felt like Brentford at home last year when everyone thought that we were going to rock up to Goodison, yeah, yeah. get the three points, and we'll all we'll all pop down the boozer afterwards for the for the big survival party. And you know, it clearly wasn't going to go that way after the first half hour. But I think when it got back to one all and we got in at half time, I don't think I was alone in thinking we're just going to turn these over in the second half here. We're gonna we're gonna. I thought that for the first five to ten minutes of the second half. By yeah. the way, that's what it looked yeah, like yeah. to me. And it's fine. And you, do you know what? He, I think that the most disappointing element is obviously the fact that that didn't happen and you know we all want our team to come out and, and kick on and, and get a couple like Fulham did in the second half but I think to see a team so totally shell-shocked by their own kind of self-belief just falling apart by by that one goal you, you know I, I go back to the original point we're, we're allowed to do that but those players aren't um, you know there, there is an obvious lack of quality there but I, I don't think any of them will have gone into this game under any other illusion than we need to just dig in at home and be and be that kind of horrible Everton team to grind out what is it the the nine points that we need in order doing, to survive. They've been doing a bit of that, haven't they? But it's like, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, just, but why why do it? Like, why why get that spirited point against Tottenham if you're going to turn in like that today? You know, they, 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 these are the eternal Everton questions. I, I have no I have <laughs> no doubt it. they weren't on it against Manchester United. I mean, no. The, no, they, no, they, they could have played yeah. really well and still lost there, given. They were going to Old Trafford and they on the day played really well, yeah. Manchester United. But make no mistake about it, they were off it comfortably yeah. and, and lev- levels dri- uh, dipped and levels dipped again today. And I think that that, was, that that performance to me was reminiscent of some of the worst stuff we saw in the Frank Lampard. Yeah, yeah. It was very bright in a home. That, it was very, very bright in a home. Yeah. Loads of space, acres of space, space for Fulham's best players to, to kind of create in. Um, a lack of intensity everywhere. I'm talking about the stands. I'm talking about on the pitch, yeah. in midfield in particular. That's why, I'm, for me, Onan is a massive miss because he at least adds some physicality. Without him, they just look so lightweight. But I put on Twitter earlier. It, it's a, it's a side at the moment with Everton. It's a side that is neither physical and aggressive, athletic or particularly uh, technical. Yeah. And it doesn't really do anything very well. Like the the early performances under Dice were built on that solid foundation defending for their lives and nicking something at set pieces but the set pieces weren't effective and they weren't defending for their lives I thought the goals were really shabby all three goals were just a complete car crash really in terms of letting runners go by not tracking people not tracking the shot all that kind of stuff not being first to the second ball and they got exactly what they deserved today from from kind of for the first half an hour they weren't there and for the last half an hour they weren't there they were so far off it it's the kind of it's the kind of performance that to me smacks of a relegation team it's like the players have accepted that they're not going to beat teams and as soon as they go a goal behind they just the belief in themselves whatever little is there goes and like Moses touched on it there we can accept bad footballers at Everton we've had up more than our fair share what Everton fans will never accept is a lack of effort and that was that was there in droves today. There was there was no intensity to the press. The way when they went to two one behind, you could see them all looking at each other and fi- like trying to find someone to blame. Yeah. And rather <laughs> than rather than grab the ball, get it back to halfway and get going again, because the fifteen minutes before half time, after we got the equaliser, and the first sort of five ten minutes of the second half, we were on the front foot. There was yeah. there was a there was a like. There was a buzz about Goodison. It was like we were up for it. And then they just, they concede that goal. Yeah, it's a poor goal to concede. And what, what Paddy said as well, like about the goals being car crashes. My big thing on them 
is every single one of the back four and your defensive midfielder in Ghana are flat-footed and watching, not reacting. They're, they're not ready. When that ball comes back off the post, two players reacted to it and they were both in white. Everyone else has stood watching it going, oh, it's hit the post, oh, it's come back, oh, he scored, oh, dear. And why are you not on your toes ready to, like, ready to get at the ball, ready to try and close it down, clear it, knock it out for a corner, regroup, get your position back? Um, it's just... I think the only player at the club who senses danger, and that sense is Mina. And this isn't me saying get him in the team by any means, because like yeah. the, the, lad, the lad can't he stay be, fit. He should be in the team. He should, he, he should be in the yeah. team. He's comfortable being the best centre back at the club. The, the problem is he is he is made of biscuits, isn't he? He's yeah. he's like Daish's. I can understand him not playing him because he worries that he's going to play him and he's going to break down halfway through a game and he's going to have to replace him. And yeah. substituting your centre half in the middle of the game is a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, I've got four on the bench, I suppose. <laughs> but, but when you bring a centre-half into a game that's already been running for half an hour, say, they have to get up to the pace yeah, of the yeah. game, they, they're not, they haven't got a read on the strikers where the runs are going and stuff. It's, it's a difficult thing to do. Realistically, as a football manager, you do not want to change any of your back four for a 90-minute game. That's, those are not the subs you want to make. You want to make subs further up the pitch to either affect the game to react or to affect the game when you're in front to sort of close it down a bit you put a, you, you flood the midfield so I can understand not starting him but I mean what 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 do you say about that back four today I don't I don't think any of them come out of that game higher than a two out of ten no. the, I mean, the fullbacks the fullbacks horrendous I, yeah. I, all I, three of them Including, including Patterson when he came on, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. What can fall over? What, whatever is wrong with him. I mean, tr- trying to see him desperately trying to span his arms out to hold off there. Uh, I think it was Willian who was still on at yeah. the time and watching Anthony Robertson leg him constantly for a lad who obviously Everton kind of dispatched for one reason or another years ago. I'd have given good money to see Anthony Robertson wearing a blue shirt today because he was head and shoulders above anything we could offer in that position. I think it's it gone, gone on. Sorry, go no, on. Go on. I'm just, I, I want to move to something more positive. Oh, go, 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 go on, Paddy. You go yeah, first. Paddy, yeah. <laughs> the game end. I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do the negativity and then we'll, we'll, we'll pass it over to Keith. Uh, I think it's gone under the radar a little bit because of how much the attack has struggled, the lack of options up front. But the fullback situation is really dire. Again, um, Mikolenko, we've spoken about him, had a poor game. On the other side, Godfrey's playing out of position. Coleman's injured. I still think Seamus Coleman fully fits as Everton's best option at right back because Patterson's raw. Can you say about Ben Godfrey? It's, it's like when the ball goes in the air, it's like a dog with a cone on it filling up with water. Like, it, 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 just, it, just, it just feels like he malfunctions. Like, like it's like... It goes in the air. You can't quite see where it's gone, and he just he just stops like running and doing everything. He just totally it's, sold himself with that ball to Willian today. Didn't he just he? freezes. It's like, but it's a damning indictment, isn't it, of Vinagre and the signing of Vinagre that he's not even on. I don't think he was even on the bench. No, he wasn't. Is he injured at the moment? Was he today? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's been no communication yeah. either publicly or in private about Vinagre and his and his injury situation, but he's not even on the bench. So I think you look at those options and Fulham. A side that only came up recently. Got Tete 
and Anthony Robinson. You'd have yeah. you'd have those two at Everton in a, in a heartbeat. So I, I think the fullback positions are a, a, a real issue moving forward. Um, probably even more so, or to the same extent as as up front. Um, and we keep having to change them. That's yeah. the other thing here. We keep having to make changes because of injuries, because of suspensions. Godfrey comes in on the right. You've got Mikalenko on the left. And I just think it creates such confusion and such uncertainty in there. Both of those two have poor games. And then further forward, they're still struggling to cope with the absence of Ducore. They've not found a way under Dyche to play well when Ducore is not on the pitch because he just adds that balance. He creates an extra body in midfield and he gives them somebody that presses really intelligently from the front. Nobody that's playing up there at the moment can do what he does. Is he still um, out next week, by the way? Yeah. One game One more. Yeah. One game left. So he, he misses Crystal Palace. Yeah. And then, um, and then he's back for the game after that, which I think is is Leicester. Leicester away, yeah. Is Leicester away? He's been a massive miss. I think that the, the, no surprise to me that the performance levels have plummeted since he, since he kind of he got suspended. And I almost wonder if ordinarily you'd look at it and you'd say move Awobi inside because that's where he is clearly best. He's not a winger, and you have another winger that can slot in. Yeah, on the flank but there's nobody there's, <laughs> there's, there's nobody to no play there I mean pe- people have pe- I've spoken to people before and they've said well let's play Nathan Patterson on the right wing I'm not sure that, about that, that really are they very, a team out of that's cool. very shameless early on it's Coleman coming back from Blackpool <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll have the Corey back for Newcastle will we the, the game before Leicester yeah. which is at home here right okay just, I mean it, 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 just before we move on it's a sign of everyone's absolute Misery that we're now looking at a previously thrown out of the club, Abdelaide Decore. Of when, when is he back to save us? Isn't it? I mean, you know, for, for that midfield thing, we we don't know the the situation with Anana, obviously, but um, you know, from from what was looking like Everton's strongest part of the squad earlier in the year, when we had a Wobi and Anana and and Adrissa Gay and Decore, and you know, multiple options, we are now at the point of that looking like another area where god forbid we stay in this wretched league we have to go out and try and, <laughs> and try and invest in i am resigned to the fact that i will watch this you know i, I could go back 10 years and have conversations with matt about what will, i remember having a conversation with you matt and this is absolutely fucking ridiculous by the way outside wembley when everton used to play at <laughs> wembley and it was about what will we see first? I Everton, remember this. Everton win a trophy or Everton get relegated. And I think we genuinely sat down and had pensive, long-thinking discussions about which of those would happen. We, we are all now happy to sit here and say we are going to see this team in the Championship because that is the overall trajectory of this football club, whether it's this year or next year or last year because we had all of these discussions before, but... I think the, the the idea of watching the last season at Goodison Park with an Everton team with their biggest game of the year being Norwich at home sends shivers up my spine. And I think that's a stain on the club's history. Yeah. That's that's the, the stain on Goodison's yeah. legacy as well. The, the only emotion I have towards Everton at the moment is praying that we get into Bramley Moor in, in the Premier League. Which, I don't care what manager takes us there. I don't care what players are still here. I don't care what colour we wear after the new owners come in and go full Cardiff City on us. <laughs> I just don't care. But if we were somehow able to get into Bramley Moor 
wearing blue <laughs> and in the Premier League I, I, w- I would take anything that happens in the five years that, that follow on from that because next next year feels big not from a footballing point of view but just from a from a legacy point of view you can't say I'll take anything in the next five years that happens because it'll all be better than now of course you take it because oh, oh, no, this, no, this no, is no, mate, relegation t- take me into Bramley Moor let, let, let's, let's see Erling Haaland can score seven and send us down on the last year I don't care we'll have all had a lovely year in this nice shiny stadium whatever happens beyond that I, I can't watch I can't watch a, a, a horrible 47 home games of championship football at Everton at Goodison Park in its final year to finish pathetically in the playoffs and then get beat by Hull City on a Friday night <laughs> away from home on Sky Sports 2 I can't take a year of that do, do you know what like, and no, this... it's not Sky Sports 2 it's Sky Sports Mix yeah come on mate such an episode team playing on Sky Sports Mix that's when you know that's when you know can we um, can we ask can we ask the listeners to like if they'll contribute to a crowdfunder to pay for some therapy for more because he's, he's clearly going through something here. But, but um, do, do you know what though? Like, people might think I'm being really negative here, but I've, I've been thinking this for a while. Like, all, all of this, it, it has ruined the build-up to the stadium for yeah, me completely. Like, I, I, I've, I think I've said this in passing before. Like, getting the train to the town, driving past it, then with you in the car, I look at it and think, I don't think, oh, how great's that going to be? You, I look, you look I, at it. I look, I, look, I look at it and think, how the fuck are we going to pay for that? It's a sense of like, dread, it's, it's isn't like, it? It's like, it's like, because like you said, and you know, to, to use the phrase that Mikey actually used years ago, which we could come back to, terminal decline. This is terminal decline for Everton. We are, we, we are on, on, on the on the way down and it feels like this, this, this is exactly where we're going. And um, well, when, when was the last time you actually looked forward to going to the Everton game? I, I, I look forward to all this. I look forward to, look forward to doing this sort of stuff. The actual, the actual, the actual oh, football. football. Not, I haven't. I um, haven't in years. Not for, not for a while. But it's also but it's, miserable, isn't but, it? But, but, Martinez, year one. But I look at it and think, we're going down. We're financially fucked as it is. <laughs> what, what, what's that going to do to us? Like, that, that I mean, is, it that might... is, is potentially club ruining footworks that are going in on the dock there, aren't they? You know, from yeah. from what from what we're all saying, we we've always for the last twenty years, the assumption has been we'll never move, and if we do move, relegation will kill us. Uh, and, and at the moment, it, it very much feels like that. And I know, I know we're going way off tangent here from what is obviously a negative day, but every time I look at it, I just think if it could sell it for the money that we've put in now and have a lovely little Ikea on the docks then <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd take it every day of the week because it's, it's not the focus they are the words like, of a new dad oh, I, need, I, need, I need some flap up there yeah. if, for the if, baby if we can put a big soft play on the dock then I'm all for it cheers for Ikea meatballs <laughs> but it, it's hard like we, you know we, we, we've hung the club and he, people within the club out to drive for this for years about not making this happen and on the brink of god forbid it actually happening we are managing to suck all of the fun out of it and i think that that's this is the, the disappointment i mean you know we, we spoke about it on the way back from the game today and the can you generate any form of internal excitement about that stadium move and honestly until the end of may no i can't um you know give, give me an, a lovely sunny day at goodison with a three points against bournemouth that keeps us up by goal scored then <laughs> I, I'll start getting the, the blue room brick outside the outside the ground printed but we've got one already <laughs> we've, got, we, we've got one I don't know if it, if it ever gets built anyway yeah 
chisel it out because I don't want any part of it. What are they going to do if they don't build the stadium enough to give everyone the money back for them bricks? Or are they just going to put the bricks in the ground that, anyway? That, that'll, be, that'll be lost to the ether. Do you like yeah. football index where everyone just lost the money completely? United Kingdom's Euro 28 bid ruined by <laughs> chiseling Evertonians. <laughs> Right, are we ready for some positivity now? Because I think everyone, I think everyone's, uh, I think like everyone's to, ready I'm, to throw I'm themselves off. Intrigued okay. where this is going. <laughs> What's the positivity? The Did one you get chips before the game or something. <laughs> is the one bright spot for me today, I think it was his first. It's certainly his first league start. Was James Garner, and. I thought he was terrible. I'm not gonna lie. I do. I, I disagree. I thought he was positive. He looked like. He was the one player in midfield who looked like he wanted to get on the ball and move things forward. And he did move us forward. He was the only one that had us like trying to get on the front foot at any point. And I think the problem is we've been sort of like we signed him in August and Matt's just um Matt's just having a seizure over the back. Yeah. Um I think we've waited so long to see him and now he's now he's sort of, he's got a start on the team. Obviously, you you disagree. I thought he, I thought he was our best player today. I know that's a. I, I thought there were moments, but I thought he was quite. He looked like a lad who's not starting many games. He lost the ball quite cheaply. They can't, and he, they can't and play he, with the yeah, two in there. And, and, and he gave loads of stupid no. free kicks away as well. They can't play with the two in there for me. It's uh, got to be. Why have they moved three. away from four five one? That was at the heart yeah. of what they were doing well. Yeah. And Ducore or no Ducore, you've got to try and compensate for that and give Garnagay who's coming to the end of his career, some support. A midfield two of those two against Fulham's three. Can the just support gonna... for Garnagay be, like, given the weekend off? Because <laughs> he's, so he's absolutely atrocious. And I come back and I, I will point fingers at every single one of you who in the summer was tweeting, bring him home. Okay, I know, that it's, I, I know that it's you I need. Because he has been absolutely rancid, apart from maybe two games since he came back. He's been a shocker of a signing. And we're paying him six figures a week for this season and next season, regardless of what league we're in. Like, well, Who's going to come in and buy him if we get relegated? So we're going to be paying him a hundred grand a week in the championship. I was trying to be, I was trying to be positive. I was trying to be good. I was trying to be happy. I was trying to give people a a beacon of light. And then Matt just stamped all over it and said, "Nah, he was crap." When he he runs the game against Huddersfield away next year, and we and we nick a late one nil from Samuel Smith or (laughs) any other. 13-year-old player we've got who we have to desperately strangle onto Is the bench Sam Smith the singer we're going to yeah. sign him next season or we're going to sign them next season yeah. could uh, do a job yeah. I mean Mopay will score at least five in the championship at least that, that, that is the positive yeah, I mean, again who's don't, buying him by the way don't even start to wrap this podcast up without a four-pronged attack on that man because he was absolutely <laughs> I mean, dreadful they're all, they're all getting it today oh, they, you know from an, from an individual point of view as I've said we could be here until the early hours talking about how bad all of the footballers are at Everton but you know we, we have been blessed in recent years by some absolutely tragic technical footballers and the one that always springs to mind from a positional point of view 
in, in regards to comparing him to Neil Mopay, is Uma on the ass. Oh, I thought we were going to say we We've got that many. <laughs> they, they are, you know, we are talking about lads who put lots and lots of effort in, but who were dreadful, dreadful footballers. I would have comfortably taking Umar on the ass over Neil Mopay today yeah, and I'd swap I'd swap them both I agree because you know, do you know, do you know, the thing <laughs> the thing that pisses me off about Neil Mopay and, and you know the, the thing that I'll, I'll kind of compare him to Umar on the ass about is that we all bought into the fact that, that he's not going to be a 20 goal a season striker because he simply wouldn't play for either Everton or Brighton if he was that but what he was going to bring was tenacity work rate he makes life horrible for defence and when we go 1-0 up, he's really good at winding the opposition up. When we're battling a, you know, games like today, one all with half an hour left, he's able to be that kind of edgy difference between a, a draw and a victory. I've seen nothing from a even from a character or a personal point of view that makes me think that he's in this and, and in this fight. And you know, there's there's a there's a total sense of, you know, we we talk about resignation and that feel of Goodison Park today. He just looked like he was trotting around picking up a wage today. And I and I know that that's a that's an easy thing to say about any footballer who's not had a good day at the office. But but he is in, in a in a world of Davy Classens, he is one of Everton's worst signings ever. Uh, because and, and we didn't even spend the the fifteen catastrophic amount of money that we have done on previous players that have that have gone awry. But um, you know, I I don't know what the answer is. And sadly for him, and and frustratingly for him, Ellis Sims is also not the answer to this question. But. He he is he's a more vibrant alternative for me. You know, obviously, backs a, a turn against Neil Mopay now, and he'll he'll never win favour in the in the seven games he has remaining at Everton, and that is all he has. Um, but I, I'm ready to learn about Ellis Sims not being good enough, as opposed to knowing what I already Getting know about Neil Mopay. Yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> if it really comes to that, then yes. Uh, because you know, even if we went down to the championship, I would not be happy with Neil Mopay getting us back into this league. I, I wouldn't dispute any of that on Mopay. What I would say is, I just don't understand the tactic of playing the ball long into him and Gray. Yeah, that's fair. I Every just think time. it's mad, yeah. particularly against that Fulham backline. It's that, the one thing they want to defend. All is what Huge, six yeah. foot five, yeah. six foot six. Yeah. Mopay is five foot two at best. And every single ball to him today was a floated chip above his head. What are you doing? Like, just look at him. He's a hobbit. Why are you doing it? And every single ball we played into him was above his head. And he's just, he's lost. Um, because we're going four-pronged on him. I, this is, this is, this is three-pronged. This, 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 this is my prong. Can we just have a moment to ponder those two chances at one all? Oh, my God from eight yards out that he managed to make a complete and utter arse of because one the header what are you doing there the header the header's unbelievable the header he's he's literally on the six yard line and he just he doesn't even try and put power into it he sort of like nods it you can't obviously (laughs) obviously my actions of nodding it here are useless on an audio broadcast but he just sort of Nods it, you know. The other one, it's great podcast, the other one, I'm where we, I'm glad you cleared that up with the second nod. The other one, we've genuinely like we've played some of the best football I've seen us play this season, and we passed it like yeah, really quick, flowing one-touch passes, cut yeah. through their defence. Oh, really? He's eight yards out, 
And then he tries to do this little sort of... Um, oh, I can't even do the action for it here, can I? <laughs> yeah, come on, do, <laughs> it, do the action. Uh, I'm going to do the action. He, he sort of tries to yeah, okay. scoop it oh. rather for, than... For those listening, uh, Keith just dinked the tarmac. <laughs> there was a, there was a certain the degree of dinkage there. Just leather it. Yeah. You're eight yards out. Just leather it. The chances are it's going in. He's, he's got you know no I mean? justification for attempting that type of finish. No. He's, 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 I bet he's never scored one of them goals in his life. If you take him back 12 months, he doesn't even take a touch. The ball gets laid off by whoever the midfielder is on the edge of the box and he curls it in the far corner. Let's um, take him back four years and let uh, Umar Nias have the touch. Well, yeah, yeah, Umar on the ass would have Umar shouldered would have it into the that. net. Would have scored it with his hip or something, <laughs> wouldn't he? He would have taken it past the keeper, fell over, and it had gone off his arse. I mean, He'd have uh, fallen into the keeper and it would have ricocheted in, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, that was his Everton goal. This is where we are. We're pining for Umar on the ass to come back. Uh, what have you done to us, Everton, that you have us missing Umar on the ass? There was a bit of that today. There's the moments in that game today. I was thinking, like, and, and I, I do this as well, like, I think a Wobie, like, dinked the board on the line to Gray and it just ran out of play, and everyone, like, got up and applauded. And I was like, oh, God. This is where we are now. That's a good bit of play. It's, it's essentially the Goodison form of the Bart Simpson cake meme. At least you tried. <laughs> that's where we're at. Oh, yeah, he, he tried to do something. Well done, you. It was terrible, but at least you tried. I think, honestly, I'm struggling to see now. What have we got left? What, seven games left this season? Yeah, we've got, we've got, I'm struggling to see. Newcastle City, Bournemouth at home. We've got Brighton. Bournemouth. I think Wolves. we need ten. No, sorry, Brighton, Wolves, Leicester, and Palace away. We need ten points from those seven games to stay up for me. Do, do Where you, are your points coming from? Do you want to noise me about the? Sorry, just reiterate those away games that we've got: Palace, Wolves, Leicester, and Brighton. Okay, so three of those teams will be going home tonight, looking at their fixture list, thinking that's ours. That you know, Dean yeah. Smith, they'll, they'll obviously get beat today. They'll go home, regroup, and think Evan at home's our game. And Wolves will look at that and think Evan at home's our game. So I appreciate they're out of it a bit now, but that does safe now. And They've won today as well. With a soft know. touch, with a soft touch, and you know, we don't we don't necessarily expect that to be the way at Goodison Park. But sadly, when we when we go away from Goodison, we do. Um, you know, we we've got four away games there. They, they are. They are not the hardest games of Premier League football that you're ever going like, to likely see. But would any of us now take two points from them? I'd, I'd bite your hand off. We what's, can't now, can we? Really? What's your three home games then? You've got City. Newcastle, who are they were terrible today. They were flying. You've got City, who like I don't think will ever beat City again. And then you've got Bournemouth, who have gone to Spurs today and got a result. So well, you need to get something on the road. They might be now. safe by that at least. <laughs> Oh, you need to get something on the yeah. road now, don't you? Yeah. Today was the, the final opportunity, it felt to me, to get three points on the board ahead of a difficult run of away games and tough home games. That This, to me, if there was a gimme in this run against this yeah, Fulham yeah. side, it was, it, it, it was today. So what it means now is Everton aren't dead and buried yet, but they need to... The, the owners now shifts their away form, and that's a frightening prospect. Fulham today have lost four of the last five. Didn't have the manager in the dugout. Didn't have the best striker <laughs> because he's suspended. And somehow we've made them look like uh, Guardiola's Barcelona there. Can we can we stop making Harrison Reed look like Pirlo, by the way? He's Harrison Reed, he's ginger, he's not Pirlo. There's nothing about him that's Pirlo. You don't need to make him look good. But they're given the they're given the freedom of goodness on those lads to just dictate play and that that to me comes back to the tactics as well. 
Yeah. It comes back, at, at the, the first 30 minutes, the, the way Everton played the game, it was like no lessons had been learnt whatsoever from that Manchester United match. Yeah. Um, we'll leave it there. This has been the longest post-match of the entire season. Um, 39 minutes. 39 minutes we're on now. Um, who, else, who else can we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> who, who else deserves to get it yeah, after I think, today? I think, I think everyone's got it today apart from Jordan Pickford. I, I hope so. PSV won so we can go in on Marcel Brands. Uh, Pickford made a good save, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Pickford yeah. made a very good save. Uh, just one other funny moment uh, was when um, obviously Ben Godfrey getting concussed was not funny but the announcement afterwards saying Everton using a concussion <laughs> oh, substitute so, so we've, we've, we've got enough one lads in the bank get don't worry. Ta- yeah. Get it on the timeline. Is <laughs> the rule there that it doesn't kind of count from your sub allocation I have no idea can he come back on again yeah, if he, no, if he gets I mean, checked no, or he's, off, he's off then and he can't come back on as this is as I understand I might be completely wrong here but what happens it means you get an extra sub yes. but the other team also get an extra substitution right. thank god for those okay. extra subs because you know oh, yeah, yeah. we need to get those defenders on the pitch when we're getting beat that's a big bugbear of mine today as well Like, let, let's just go back in on Sean Dyche here <laughs> He could clearly see the team wasn't working, the setup wasn't working at 2-1. Yeah. They were rampant, they were all over us. And he waited until 3-1 to make any sort of positive. The only sub he made at 2-1 was the Patterson one because he had to, because Ben Godfrey didn't know if it was New Year or New York. Well, Davis, well, Davis come on at 3-1. Davis yes. come on at 3-1. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was, Davis was... I love Tom Davis, but he was spectacularly bad when he came on. But the fact that he made the Davis sub before the Ellis Sims sub as well, when they were they both had their shirts off, ready to go at the same time, and he made the Davis one, and I waited about five or ten minutes before bringing Sims on. That that is where. You know, as much as no, we're not wrapping the pod up, so don't even look at me like that. <laughs> but that 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 is where going to sit down. As bad as as bad as Neil Mope was, I I felt today that there was a feeling of him being hung out to dry by the fact that obviously the the, the replacement was never going to be it was never going to be Cavalloon or, or a similar quality level, but I think it, you know it, it was obviously left to a point where. I, I have my head in my hands a little bit when the announcement was made about him going off because I thought this is going to be horrible this is going to be toxic I think the only thing that saved him from a horrible reception when he went off was the fact that he was part of winning a corner at, at that stage but you know just just so many things that went wrong and so many bad decisions both pre and during in the game that, that ruined us today um, we're wrapping up now I think Paddy's fully fed up um, he's going to give us some positivity again <laughs> I'm glad we had yeah. that. I'm really glad we had the positive segments at the end there. I'm going to get your dad involved again <laughs> to tell me the top names. Like have some abstract <laughs> positivity to add. Oh. And it is that oh. if we do go down and the ground proves to be a white elephant and a financial sort of albatross around our neck and like basically bankrupts the club, we get our weekends back. <laughs> I mean, look at us now. We're outside We're outside a lovely yeah. pub. The weather's nice. Soon. It's Eurovision soon. <laughs> The sun's shining, we have beers. Imagine that, imagine your weekends without Everton. How much better would they be? But it, you could never stop caring. We are going to have no this stop, 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 stop. We are doing this. You could never stop caring and that's the curse, my friend. Yeah, but if they're gone, if they don't exist, you don't have them there to care about. <laughs> you don't want us to be relegated. You'd simply take folding. Yes, basically fold the club. Or another option is 
burn it all to the ground. Just a, a load of petrol, a box of matches, and forget they ever existed. Get rid of that time. Get that timeline lashed in the canal. I don't like um, here. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened to this very podcast if that happened. But you know, um, we, we could like do Everton FC or Football Club Everton, the Phoenix Club. We could cover them instead. Videos of us constructing furniture. Thirty-eight-year-old <laughs> <laughs> Paul Mullen tries to get Everton back to the football league. Walton Hall Park. Walton get Hall get Park. off to Walton Hall Park. Yeah. FC Everton. St. Domingo's FC. Oh, there you it's go. a better name there than Everton go. as well, isn't it? Let's be honest. I, I think we live in a generation where we will see that happen, sadly. Um, but for now, we'll, we'll carry on with this particular establishment. Up the Mingos. And we'll finish the podcast. There we go. Um, yeah, we're going to leave it there because... Uh, yeah, we've got another guest. Paddy, Paddy's being uh, traffic warden. Uh, all's going on outside. Uh, we are outside the Denby Castle Day, not inside. Because um, it's lovely weather. As Keith mentioned, but uh, win, lose, or draw, get down to it after every Everton game. It is the best, best place to be. Uh, might have three Premier League games left at Goodison Park. That's it. That's a hell of a way to wrap up, Matt. Well um, You're looking forward to being on Anthony Gordon, at least, aren't you? Oh, that's going to be. This podcast fun. is never going to win. I'll no, tell you what. That is going to be absolutely feral. <laughs> the safe snarling <laughs> section in the lower Bullens are. Our knives are sharpened for the boy. He right. is. He He's is going to get it for yeah. fifty-one minutes before Hal hooks him, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> or Joe Willock comes on for him. Yeah. I bet he doesn't even play. Uh, he won't even be in the squad. Right, I'm ending this now. Let's go inside and get a bevy. Um, terrible day. Up the toppies. We'll see you on the other side. Sports Social Podcast Network.